Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check him out at SkinOnSkins.com. Happy noon, everyone. It's high noon here on Mutiny Radio. And it's time, my friends, for our Zoom poetry. Yes, with Glasgow, Scotland. We're here. I'm here waiting for the link. It's going to be hat, hat link coming in. Some phrases at the top. We've got all your favorites back in. Carol Hash- Carolyn Hashimoto has her cow book out. We've got John Wessick with his Clooney thriller series. Go buy that on Amazon right now. And we're going to be back with poetry and good times, man. It's CPCL. Choose poetry, choose life here on Mutiny Radio. .fm and .sf. We are being joined by Choose Poetry, Choose Life right now. Yeah! <laughs> Why can't I hear them? Nobody's in the room oh, yet. Oh, there we are. Yeah, now I'm I waiting for. I'm waiting for Andy. All right. Uh, well, give the uh, give the listeners an update. What's going on in Aaron Gannon land? How's the poetry coming? How's the uh, how's the rock opera? I haven't I haven't ridden my motorcycle for four months now. I'm getting Whoa. sick of weather in Scotland. better that's better is it yes that is there it is there it is i hear you okay cool we're like sound check check (laughs) you're listening to mutiny radio check 
So have to work that white token. rice checks, wheat checks, rice. I, yeah. I like wheat checks. It's my favorite checks, I have to say, out of all of the checks. <laughs> when I eat checks mix, I definitely eat out the uh, the wheat first. One frame. Hell yeah. I want to hear about Carolyn Hashimoto's cow book. I've never had rice checks. Rice checks. They're, I saw that my friend sent me. My friend sent me a photo today of my old building manager, sent me a picture today. He was walking by the Hotel Utah and it's closed. Well, they opened it up for one show, not this oh, really? last Monday, but the Monday before, they actually had an open mic there. So. Oh, really? Yeah, they had an open mic. They haven't had one in a, in a dog's age. And um, right. I didn't go, but Mauricio went and he said it was great. So there you go. Oh, so it's not closed. No, there, but, it, but I just went by it the other day and it is closed. So I'm like, eh. eh. So last Monday so, it was open, so but this somebody, Monday it wasn't. Somebody, so it, wheels are moving behind the scenes over there. But yeah. It up. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. You were in ta- Oh, you saw. That's right. Okay. No, my buddy like, sent me a photo of the, it being boarded up. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, so many memories. There. I know. <laughs> that Their Monday um, mic was legendary, but the only bummer with it was that it's a bucket. And so you get there early and you have to be there the whole night. And I get it. Singer-songwriters yeah. are like that. They support each other. But with comics, it's like nobody's going to waste their entire Monday waiting for five minutes. You know, we're like, I'll hit four mics on a Monday. I can hit three. <laughs> I can't hit four because I run one. So right, I, can't, sure, I can only hit sure, my own. No. Are they That's in? funny that comics aren't like – is it well? Our, our, our don't support each other because they're soulless monsters. Absolutely. My, well, no, but like in in Northern Ireland, as far as I know from hanging out with George and his buddies, it is really re- like you're supposed to stay for the whole set. <laughs> like, the whole, not supposed to. Not stay. here. No Apparently way. not in the United States. No. He also told me that the open mic he runs that he's been running on Monday for like ten or fifteen years or something. There's American chick showed up this last Monday. And he said, he's like, he goes, oh, it's always funny to watch the Americans because their their jokes are so formulaic. Like he says, he feels like Americans' humor is like in a weird assembly line. Sure. And I was like, maybe they just don't have the Billy Connolly influence because Billy Connolly is like very meandering and like <sighs> doesn't ever really have a punchline necessarily. So I was like, I was just like, I wonder if that's it because our generation forward and like beneath us or not beneath us but like past us are he, like billy Connolly's influence is like unquestioned you know huh. what i mean it's like billy so Connolly. Like, the only thing i know him from is when he would, took over on head of the class like, yeah 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 that's class. when i was yeah, like oh this guy i know who this is right um, no that, but that was that acting character not him right like it's totally it's like it would it's like it's a, like a cognitive dissonance for a, a uk person but anyways, I just thought it was interesting. Like, yeah. But then he was saying that he thought that maybe efficiency was like one of American, like the American mindset strengths as, sure. well, as well as a weakness. So one of my buddies, it. John Beard, only does one-liners. And it's the hardest because you have to do four jokes a minute mm-hmm. as opposed right. to like I do a story joke. It's three minutes. Awesome. Right. It's like one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a joke. Three minutes long. But when people do one-liners, I just can't. My brain just can't. Uh, hold that much hold that many jokes in my head for a 10 minute set i mean that's right instead of like in a 10 minute set i'll usually do six jokes and that's 40 jokes so i'm just like fuck that i'm not gonna work that hard 
Although I did come up with, I did came up, I came up with a one-liner uh, this week. I'm, I'm never going to be a real comedian because I don't have a car to live out of. <laughs> yeah, all comedians live out of their cars at some point in their lives. That's absolutely real comedians, and that's what they'll say. They'll say, "You're yeah, not comedian. a real comedian. You don't." Gatekeeping. The ga the comedians gatekeeping. But that's funny. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We were just talking about open mics of days gone by. And and I love poetry open oh, mics because everybody's supportive and they listen like this. Mic. You can't do Zoom comedy because nobody because people are crunching things and everyone here is so respectful and lovely and loves each other's work. And I've missed you guys. I'm sorry I wasn't here last month. I was so hungover. Right. How are you? No, I was sick. I, I had COVID. Had COVID I had COVID. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't have any symptoms, so I was fine. I mean, I just had to stay inside. I couldn't be anywhere. But, but I felt fine. I was like, I was like, this is it. This is Omicron. Okay, thanks, science. Like the, I guess the vaccine works. I didn't. I mean, I didn't feel anything. So, not even a headache. Nothing. My buddy has a bad cold. He's got it now. I have some friends who are having like major symptoms, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like a crapshoot, really. Yeah, I've got had some sort of cold for a week or so. I don't. I don't know what it is, but. And if I cough, it's from pot smoke or cigarettes. It's definitely not COVID. Don't worry. It's always from pot smoke for you, Pam. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Yikes. I forgot. <laughs> Can you guys hear this? We're leading us into the show with the trio. <laughs> oh, you guys can see me holding up my phone like a moron. <laughs> and I can't, you guys can hear that, can't you? Yes. yes. If I play it on my laptop, like nobody can hear it anymore. They like get yeah. the noise canceling thing. Oh, I have to get some paper because we're going to do a phrases today. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a phrases. In the oh, they changed the word. They, instead of saying in the 1970s, they, he, which is what Neil Young says, they say Mother Nature on the Run in the 20th century. I don't like it when people change the words to river. Like, I love it's called parody. Lopper, when Cindy Lauper covered a Prince song for her first record, like, she didn't change the gender of the song, and it was supposed, it was like, the song was from a male perspective to a female perspective, so then it, Cindy ended up like getting accusations of being a lesbian because she. I just thought that was. I thought that was really cool when I was twelve, and I still do. Um. Okay. I don't know if we should listen to the trio while we're doing it, crisis, because I feel like it's country music is a little too evocative. Evocative. I'm feeling evocative. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like. <laughs> Um, Everything's sticky in the studio today. I don't know who was doing anything, but there's friends. like sticky stuff everywhere. I'm like, who? I hope nobody was like jacking off in here, man. It's like everything is sticky. This is just so weird to me. Like, ah, bleh, it doesn't smell like anything. Bleach, you need to rub it down with bleach. I, yeah, I gotta, to sure. I gotta clean this place. It's disgusting. Sanitizing, uh, sanitizing cloths or something. 
Uh, did Andy make it? Andy said he has some stuff going on. That's why I've been sort of like putting off doing an official opening of the show besides the music. Gotcha. But Andy, he says he's got family stuff. So I guess he's going to be late. Um, so there are, there's one new person here. Hi, <gasps> Alyssa. <laughs> um, so welcome to CPCL. What we normally do, well, not normally, well, I guess normally of late, we go into, uh, we're like air, our, Third co-host, Andy Talbot, has been getting into photography for about like a year or so now. So we're doing, we do ekphrasis in the beginning um, to one of his photos. So it's just like a free write, just a little exercise. Um, and then we'll go into, John, are you cool to go after the break? I'm cool. Yeah, hey, uh, hey, Aaron, you know, um, uh, there's some other poetry readings that uh, have a special way of, of welcoming a new person. And so if, if you'd all just repeat after me, what? one of us. Oh my God. One, one of us. us. One, one of us. us. <laughs> should and... be for like, not for audience members, it should be for somebody who's like signed up to actually read, read. Like, I don't know if Alyssa wants to, but. Well, I. Well, she she has to now. <laughs> John, we've been playing your commercials on the station. Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, I, really I love that, listening to your voice, and it happens all the time now. And sometimes my phone wakes me up, and it'll be your commercial, and I'm like, "Oh, John's waking me up. This is nice." Uh. <laughs> With the Clooney series. Well, you know, I don't know. I wish my commercial would like bring you a little cup of coffee and maybe a bagel <laughs> or something. Didn't you at one point make hot bagels? I've made pot pretzels. I don't think I've made okay. pot bagels. I could do that, but it's yeah. a similar thing where you boil, you know, yeah, yeah. boil and bake. But yeah, I've made pot, huh. pot, pot soft pretzels. Absolutely. I have a sourdough starter I made during my COVID times. His name is Gary and he's doing a really good job. <laughs> no, he's doing great. He's in my, he's in my fridge. I've been feeding him every week. I'm really excited. He makes really good um, pizza crust, sourdough pizza crust. So. So it's good that you named that you named him. Yeah. Is sourdough starter like a like a kombucha thing? Kind like, of. Yeah. I mean, it's it becomes a living organism. I have it's no it, idea. You're basically cultivating yeast from the air, right, okay. and then and natural yeasts from the air. Like so, the and there's supposedly really good yeasts in the air here. Like the Boudin original San Francisco sourdough starter they've had for like 150 oh. years or something insane. Okay. But it's just. Uh, yeast gleaned from the air. It's the same way that that's how Belgian monks would brew their beer. Is that there was there's oh, all yeah, these yeah. wild what's, what's, in uh, what's, what, what do they call that? There's a special name for those. Uh, lambics. 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 That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the lambics. The yeah. framboise lambic is really good. It's yeah. natural yeast. Yeah. They're they're doing something right it's over there in Belgium. But they sell it at Trader Joe's. Sure. Yeah. They sell everything at Trader Joe's. I I was I wanted to. I mean, it'll never happen, but I wanted to like. Not, not here in Massachusetts. You know, the Trader Joe's don't sell alcohol here. What? No two buck chuck? No oh two God. buck chuck. No, no. You know, it's just a special <laughs> thing. It's a special thing about the about the liquor what? licenses, and, and you know, only only a few grocery stores sell alcohol in Massachusetts. Wow. <laughs> two buck chuck stutters ignorant lush, not knowing of your unique crush, new bottled flavor every quarter. I might become largest supporter. 
despite slurring on street corners. <laughs> I wrote a poem. I wrote an ode to Charles Shaw years ago. Of course. Yeah, well, because oh, nice. it's, it's like $2 for a bottle. It's fucking great. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Alyssa says they totally sell two buck chuck at the Cambridge TJs. Okay, yeah, I think there might be there might be a few there might be a few of them, but yeah, I think mo most of them don't. I, the, yeah, somebody told me that one or one or two of the TJs sell alcohol, but not where, are you, where are you from in Massachusetts? So I, I, I'm up in Woburn, just a little bit north. Hi, Sam. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm, I'm oh, born and so. bred. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, yeah, I've been here for about five years. Yeah. Okay. Fellow mass holes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's right. I'm proud of it. See, when you say that, I just think of the people from Critical, Critical Mass. <laughs> we just called them mass holes. Oh. See, but, well, you know, because they shut down, like, they shut down. Well, I don't know if they do this anymore, but they used to shut down, um, like, Geary Boulevard and the like the Market Street every like on the last Friday of every month, and they were just like it was just a pain in the ass, and they're so self righteous. The biker community in fucking SF is a little out of hand. Or sure. it used to be anyway. Except for the bike the messengers, bike. they're okay. Bike messengers, guys, yeah, they're hot. I, I have a fetish for bike messengers. from the first season of Real? Oh World. my there's god! Like, and he was blowing World. snot rockets and being the champion yeah, of yeah, San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, imagine if there was a bike messenger who was a comedian. There is. I'm sure there has. There uh, is. His, well, he used to. He just quit bike messaging, but he did it for a, a, a he was doing it for a couple of years, I guess. But he's a comedian, and he used to be a bike messenger. He was a lot hotter when he was a bike messenger. Now he doesn't ride his bike as much, and his, he's just a tall, skinny guy now. He used to be like super hot because you know he rode like 50 miles a day. So right, yeah, I, yeah. I used to like he'd come into an open mic, and I was like. Just turn around, just, ooh. <laughs> like, let me let me see what yeah, let me see what you're doing the over there. With a, with a bike messenger who was also a filmmaker, you know, he got one of his short films uh, accepted at Con, and uh, mm -hmm. I don't, don't know whatever happened to him. But... They made good money back in the day. They, still they always do. were a good source of like sort of primo blow, <laughs> like back in the nineties. Yeah. But anyways, um, okay, so here is, wait, oh shit, I gotta do screen share. I've lost, I've totally lost my Zoom mojo, you guys. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Zojo. Share screen share. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that. Cool. So for people who so can't see the picture, it looks like the light at the end of a, there's something very dark happening, and then there's a just a, a, big square of light at the end and very nice hell yeah okay so we're gonna do 10 minutes cancel yeah 10 minutes and the timer is now Ooh. Ah. <laughs> let's go I'm going to turn on. Which is Denny Street. And they're looking, you know, kind of like the customs guys, you know. Let me check your bags, you know. Where do you live? I'm going to see my cousin. You don't have a cousin. Your cousin said you don't know yet. You know, it's that kind of thing. So, and they're really bad cats that hang on the corners, man. Because uh, when I was growing guys had knives and a couple of guys had guns, you know. And they're keeping my shit. And they're in business. And they'll beat you up. I mean, for real. 
playing. They just say, beat them up. Whack. And you are beaten up, you know. You say to yourself, my goodness, they're beating me up. Well, I always feared these guys, man. Because I used to hang out. I hang out with my own guys on the corner, you know. But the, when you go to see the other, the enemy, look out. Now, there's a guy I went to high school with. His name is Paul Bolden. Paul was the fastest guy in high school. He broke all the records, low hurdle records, and 100 yard dash records, anything. If you ever go to Philadelphia, check out Paul Bolden in 1953, 54, 55, was really a cooker, you know, on the track. I was a high jumper. Never jumped any higher than 5'10 when I was in high school. Did it consistently. Whenever the bar got to six feet, something in my mind said, you know you can't jump higher than your head. You know, and I just went, oh. you know. My fastest hundred yard dash, no matter how I run it, with the wind, without the wind, hustling all I can, 11 5. 11 5. Now, Paul ran like a 9 5, 9 4. Hundred. One day he did 9 4 with the wind behind him. And it was really so strong he couldn't even hardly get in the blocks. Just whew. You know, blew him out of there. But Paul is fast, man. All the neighbors know it. All the mothers ask for Paul to go to the store for him because they say, you know, Paul is fast. And he, whew, and he comes right back. Whew. They'll even wait 30 minutes, you know, if he's busy because he's so fast. When he, and he brings back the right change. So we went to this party, birthday party, that a girl threw who knew Paul. She saw him run track and really fell in love with him. So I want you to come to my birthday. You know, so Paul said, yeah, sure. Nice looking girl, too. You know, well, since I'm Paul's friend, they got to invite me. You know, with every good looking guy is always an ugly guy and vice versa. You know, so I hang out and get whatever he throws away, you know. Oh, yeah, they come and they cry on my shoulder. Paul, that lovely. Well, my dear, Paul is busy. You know. So. Well, it always happens the other way. You find a good-looking chick that's always, you know, right with her, you know, just waiting around. And if you strike out with the other, with the good-looking chick, you always talk to
So Paul said, no, man, they stay a little while, you know, they can't get in, you know. And he's dancing. So I go over, and I look, and the guy next, he say, he say, he say, he say, he say, he say, one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that. Say one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that.
Sorry about tunnel people now. It's coming up. The thickness of light. Damn, girl. <laughs> this is the first time I've written anything like extemporaneously in a really long time. What, what was that Superman episode where they had the un people from underground? Do you remember that one? You're asking the wrong chick, man. Oh, okay. It was the, the 1950s Steve Reeves Superman TV show, yeah, yeah. the black and white one. I don't even know. Is that the only TV? Is that the only Superman TV show there is? I don't know. Oh, I'm sure there are other ones. It's it's the classic one that I remember. Oh, okay. I know there's movies. There's Superman movies, and I haven't seen any of those either. Um, Beth has put one in the. Everybody's wrapped up except me. Um, do you want me to read that, Beth? No. Okay. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next one? Okay, cool. All right. Hold on a second. Let me call it. Up. The thickness of light. Damn. <laughs> I'm making me feel self-conscious. No, it's just a great, it's just a great line. <laughs> He really is a great photographer. I love that detritus, my goodness. Okay. Seven minutes starting now. Man, you better cut that out. I'll call on him when you're playing poker, but you won't bother him on Sunday morning. Anyway, my friend Rudy, don't forget that. He's really a Rudy guy. My wife is Catholic. I'm Methodist, which made a mixed marriage. That's what the priest told me. I said, my wife's color. He said, it's still a mixed marriage. I don't care what you say. Thank you and good night. Take care of yourself.
smell a real flavor. The 911 is a fake lifesaver. So get up and get, get, get down. 911 is joking, yo, town. Get up and get, get, get down. Late 911, where's the late crown? Get up and get, get, get down. 911 is joking, yo, town. Get up and get, get, get down. Interrupt your regularly scheduled program with a hot news flash. Dan, Dan, are you there? Hey, I'm here. What a crowd. This is Dan Summers, your Super Scoop News reporter at the local ticket outlet center. Excuse me, sir. What's all the excitement about? Yo, man, you don't know Run DMC and the Raising Hell Tours coming to town, B. Yeah, what would they be saying? Together. Forever. Forever. Together. Front DMC and we Excuse me, miss. Who are you going to see? Houdini. Oh my God! Who are all you kids running to see? LL Cool J is hot as hell. This is Dan Summers, your Super Scoop reporter, signing up. Dan, what about weather? What about sports? Where you going? To get my Run DMC Raising Hell tickets. Work. That's it. All you're getting is haiku these days. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> haiku. Those words cost money, you know. <laughs> More bang for your buck, baby. Yeah. Pam, you got something? I do, but it's terrible. It's embarrassing, but I'll read it just in the spirit of, of sharing. Uh, under a cold sky, let's play soccer. In a concrete graveyard, watch for rebar and garbage. We are overgrown weeds. No, I'm not crying. These are allergies. The back of my hand is wet. I'm leaking graffiti. Please stain the barracks with spray paint. I want to remember. I like that leaking graffiti. Good, good yeah, phrase. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm leaking graffiti. We got some good phrasing. Going good, on phrasing. Today. good phrasing. I I found myself speaking like John sometimes when I with his cadence. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> okay. Um. Is that it? Should I go on to the next one? I know Beth has one in the in the chat. And she does that. Beth's being to secretive today. <laughs> She's not letting us see her. I kind of like the I like the one that she has in the chat, though. I like both of. I wish this somebody one. would read Beth's one. Come, come on, Beth. Come well, I asked one. for I asked Beth I, if I know I didn't want the first one read because I wasn't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I wasn't. I was just like, yeah. Look at that darling puffy jacket. The, the, the huh? Darling puffy jacket. 
It's, I've put a link in the chat. It's, a, it's an enormous wearable hoodie, and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm covered in bunnies. It's brilliant. <laughs> in the after, when the bombs are done, and the artists start to breathe again, you will, we will see this. A reminder that where debris lies is ripe for regeneration. The rubble of one layer is the hard core of the next. <laughs> That's a great image. We've all sort of been like edging, like eating off the same, like into the middle. Like, do you know what I mean? Like chewing on the edges of the same pie. Like, I guess that sort of, but that always happens with a crisis, doesn't it? Like, we all sort of seem to kind of be approaching the same. Yeah. Anyways, that reminds me. Have you ever heard of? Um, Probably not. Sure. The name fucking just flew right the hell out of my head as I was going to synchronicity. <laughs> No, no, no. This is like a, an old artist collective that was in former East Berlin. And it was like, they totally oh, no. they had all these, like, they had these really cool, like, they had a whole playground in the back of it. It had a bar, like a cafe, a, like a theater, <laughs> had like a stage. In the, in the bar, they had like a stage for shows for like bands and stuff. And they had like a metal works fucking studio and they had a pottery studio. It was that shit and then they had living quarters as well what it was cold what a dream yeah yeah it's been like I, when i went there it was like 1994 so it wasn't that far it wasn't that like long after the wall had fallen but um they were it was so fucking cool I did it, did it feature in that Vim it was called wings of desire that nick uh nick cave in the i don't know i don't know i've never seen that movie i cannot stand nick cave like at all but oh really? Wow. Yeah, if it is, maybe I'll look. But it was called Takali. I think it doesn't exist anymore. But in the back, they had like all these old school buses that they had taken glass and like just like and made mosaics out of like fucking the glass that they saw from the bombs. Oh. It was really fucking cool. It was so that great. Like beautiful yeah. art out of garbage. Th it was so cool. I That's think, what your poem reminds me of. I think art, art rooms and. Um, I went to a, a place in Nottingham just before we locked down. It was like it was it was a right it was where the writer's studio is in Nottingham, but it's also a huge community art space. I think art rooms are just some of the most liminal space ever. They I'd forgotten and I did a course in one a few years ago and I was like, I'd forgotten how there's just it's constantly moving. Something's constantly being made or unmade or painted a different colour. Yeah. You, you know, you know. You, you, I, I wish I went into this place, but I never did. But in Tallinn, Estonia, I walked past this wrecked factory. I mean, it was just in shambles. But there was like an awning and a nightclub in the in this in this mm. factory that was just like falling down. I never went inside it, but I should have. It looked so cool. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of places in even in my neighborhood right now that are ripe for that. Like the UK doesn't have much of a culture of like taking old warehouses and making them into like yuppie live work gloves. So there's no place like, you know, like when you first moved to someplace, like when I first moved to Oakland, they're like, I lived out in East Oakland, like down on the down East 14th and like 40th. And we had like this really cool live work space, but like, and it was really fucking cheap. It was, Bumblefuck at the time, but it's not now. Do you know what I mean? Anyways, but they don't do that I here. I think it it's was. Really I mean, there was there was stuff, but it tended to be like countercultural. I think it, it would be people living in like squatting in buildings. Right, <laughs> right, right. 
My my ultimate dream is to uh, if like I ever seven, late seventies and eighties I think probably like when I was like the Clash the Clash right the Clash are in there one of those yeah I haven't, I don't know but you hear like I remember hearing about it like on the news when I was little and thinking I think yeah but there are people who also like I was I don't know what I was reading it on now but it's something about like people who live in. One of them I saw was like a, a, it had been a school, this is in the States. So everything was enormous. Mm -hmm. Like all the spaces were huge and stuff. So they had like tiny, like sofas and stuff looked really small because the oh, schools nice. were like classrooms and stuff like that. Proportion was a bit off. But there are, you know, and, and like things built in old shop, shopping malls and, and, and sort of things put into other spaces i think there's a bit of that but it's not no it's not not like that not in the commune sense i think that was you know it's just desperately frowned upon really yeah <laughs> yeah well i know that there's at least one... with people you're not related to how rude there's at least one that i know of in london that they were trying to buy them out. They set up shop in some building and they squatted in it. And then this happens too, in, at least in California. If you stay in a place long enough and you own, and you can show that you've improved the building, like you've worked on the plumbing or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like you, then you own, like you can, then you somehow take ownership of it. Like it's sort of almost like a common law thing, but then they got bought out, but they waged a really pretty big campaign, like PR campaign against the government, against this council, the London city council. So they got bought out and they totally got these like great apartments. Like the city had to buy them apartments, like places, like replacement places to live. So they have like pretty fucking stylish, like, you know, apartments, like, like in the city actually. Like, and so like, I don't know, it's very, but, but that, it seems like that, the place that where these people that I met, my friend is friends with them. Like they were saying that it was kind of like their, their whole squat slash commune type thing was one of the last stands of the movement and it ended i think like in the i don't know like 2010 or like, it was mm -hmm. post twitter so it has to be like post 2009 but yeah anyways we got one more photo yeah go ahead john no no i was just saying that there, there was one in san diego that was kind of cool it, it used to be the carnation milk uh, place that was a factory and then they turned it into a uh, into an art uh, art studio, and they called it the Reincarnation Building. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Okay. So this is our last one, and Andy is in time for it. Actually, in, indeed, I saved it. It's brand spanking oh, new. Nice. Mm. Andy. <laughs> That's me. Is it you? Oh, the, I'm now loving I can that picture. Look at look at that! I was like, "Who's hot legs? Oh, they're Andy's hot legs!" Oh my God, is that the is that the pickle Rick on you? Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> I get to write a poem about pickle Rick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm
in the photo right now oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's just really comfortable i wear it like uh -huh. all the time when i'm in the house it's really cool it's not even mine i stole it from someone I... is it velvet uh, it's like silk oh, right does on. it have any bunnies on it <laughs> not at the minute not at the minute must nick quicker must well, nick well don't quicker. let it near beth's hoodie whatever you do <laughs> No, I didn't write anything. I have like maybe like eight lines that I ended up with that aren't just ran like complete randoms. Well, I have a few more if you want to hear mine. Oh, John. Hmm. Don't let us make you do anything you don't want to do. A cheetah can run at 60 miles per hour, but he'll break an ankle in those things. If you've ever seen one on the dance floor, you know how much trouble that can be. Springing from the rafters on the drummer, eviscerating the bassist in the bathroom. 
where's the bouncer when you need <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I've They're actually not that bad to walk in, by the way. Like, seriously. Like, that was the yeah. first thing I wrote down. Like, Me too. I have no fucking idea what it would be like to wear those shoes. That's like the first thing. My... <laughs> yeah, that's where I, that's where I, I went with it too. I don't think I've ever worn anything that made me so much taller ever. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't realize how tall they were until they arrived. And then I was like, fuck it. And yeah. It committed now, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't break my, I didn't break my ankle. It's fine. Nice. Have you heard, have you heard Ken's one about the shoes? Yeah. 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 I love that one. I've got one. I never could walk in platform shoes. My tiny feet in mom's All right, heels. I'll do the what. Oh. I'll do what the shit I ended up with. If you dressed up like that, I'd fuck you like a woman. Pulling the cotton panel all in the folds that live in every crotch in the world. Too bad your feet are too big for my boots. So many years to go. So many fetishes will soon be too old to make the most of. Still, let's not sink into vanilla. Kink, kink, kink at the dying of the light. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. That's nice. Sink into vanilla. Kawaii. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I did the same thing. I started the same exact way Aaron did. Uh, I never could walk in platform shoes. My tiny feet in mom's heels. Click, click, click on the linoleum. Around the breakfast nook. The Formica dining table. I never could fill your shoes, mold my nature, nurture out all the things that don't fit. I'm the lost puzzle piece, and you were always angry. These white memories cast no shadow. Because I don't fit yours doesn't mean there isn't another pair in which I can run. Fuck. I like the lost puzzle piece, and you know, we should use breakfast nooks more often in poetry. Right? <laughs> I, I, I hearken back to the days of breakfast nook. I don't have a breakfast nook anymore. I'm like, I, my tiny studio apartment, I dream of a breakfast nook. Well, you know, if you had one of those <laughs> Barnes & Noble TVs, you could be reading a, a nook in a breakfast nook. <laughs> Read a book in a breakfast nook? Yeah. Nook, that's what they called the Barnes and Noble e reader. I don't know if they still have them. Anymore. Oh. Uh, they do. I believe they do, like... and I believe you can get my book for it. Oh. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> At least we made I, it. We made it book, available. But, huh? And where can we get that book, Beth? <laughs> Me. We made, but we did seriously make the ebook available for like loads of e-readers. That was part of the point to make it as, as as accessible as possible. Right. Um. Does anybody have any other writing, or do you want to? We'll go on break and then we'll come back to our spotlight slut, John. Uh, before you go, uh, hi Willie here. Um, hi Willie. Hi. You were going to do that funny e-word, weren't you? Like, whoever it is, that kid, straight egg. Ekphrasis, that's what we would do. Ekphrasis, yeah. Is that yeah. what you're doing? You're doing it later, are you? Yeah. Well, no, we're oh, doing yeah. it now. Oh, you're doing it now because I've got an ex, ex what? Basic. Oh, oh, no. Like, what we what we do is we, like, it's actual live ekphrasis. 
But if you want to read a poem after John goes in his spotlight, that is I've, I've got an extra phrases poem if you want to Okay, know. yeah. Do you want to read it after John goes, after the break? Yeah, no problem, yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. That's exciting. Okay, cool. All right, so let's take like seven minutes for break, and we'll come back at 9.15. How's that? Cool? All right. All right. CPCL. CPCL here on Mutiny Radio. That was a crisis. That was a lot of fun. We're going to take a little break and unplug from the system.
so maybe everybody could mute uh, just uh, because of some the background noise. Um, here's a little bit of a story called The Cashier Always Rings Twice. And uh, we'll see how much we get through today. Um, and uh, if not, we can pick up the rest uh, later on. Fedora just to get in the mood. I was sitting in my basement with a support drucker with nothing to keep me company but a bottle of rye whiskey and a bad attitude. Business was slow. It was already the tenth of the month and mom was bugging me about the rent. Then an American black bear walked in. She had a broad skull and narrow muzzle covered with dense underfur and long coarse guard hairs. Is this the pill bottle detective agency? That's right. I tilted back my fedora to get a better look at her. Morris Pillbottle, owner and general manager at your service. Being the only employee, that pretty much made me both, but knowledge is power, so I didn't tell her that. Morris, huh? I thought detectives were supposed to have manly names like Dick, Rod, or Johnson. If you wanted to discuss Freud's theories, I said, you'd be seeing Dr. Feigenbaum at Drucker and Forth or taking intro to psych at the Antelope Valley Community College. What gives? My name is Ursula Fogbottom. I think somebody followed me here. Tall guy in khaki pants and a pale blue shirt? Yeah, Ursula sat on her haunches. That's David Attenborough. He won't bother you. I poured a shot of whiskey into a clean glass and slid it over to her. I don't get many bears in here. At these prices, no wonder. Ursula wrapped her meaty paws around the glass but couldn't get the hang of lifting it. I'll ask you again, what gives? I'm hosting a banquet and need someone to pick up some tofu, broccoli, and oyster sauce at the grocery store. She tapped her short, rounded claws on my desk. I propose to pay you a tidy sum to do my shopping. Just how tidy are we talking, I asked. Five dollars. That doesn't even fold my laundry. Ten. Still leaves a lot of dirty dishes in the sink. Twelve. What about the lime stains in the shower? Twenty. You drive a hard bargain, Mr. Pillbottle. Ursula Fog Bottom stood and extended her paw. Do we have a deal? I shook and watched her walk out the door. She had the full figure of someone who forged berries and raw salmon in preparation for a long winter snooze. Smart manimal, but she got one thing wrong. I drove a Hyundai. I buckled my snub-nosed 45 under my trench coat and went shopping. I grabbed a laundry basket from inside the sliding doors. The dispenser of sanitizing cloths was empty, so I took my chances with the residue left over from employees desperate for a tilapia filet or carton of chicken tenders on their way home from the daily grind of spreadsheets, corporate mission statements, and cold-calling consumers to sell extended warranties for the napkin rings they bought sometime during the Clinton administration. The produce section was a collection of afterthoughts from America's meat-based diet, a cornucopia of dietary sermons ignored by children and adults alike. I found the broccoli between the Brussels sprouts and button mushrooms. Only two pieces remained. 
the florets were yellow as a Bedouin's urine, and the stalks as limp as an 80-year-old watching Barney the dinosaur while getting a root canal from Cinderella's stepsisters. Some guys might be into that, but I wasn't, especially at eight ninety-nine a pound. Robbery, I muttered. The tofu was the ugly duckling and a flock of tempeh, hummus, vegan hot dogs, and impossible beef wellington. I collected two packs along with a bottle of Lee Kum Tea oyster sauce from the Asian section. When I returned to produce for one last look, the broccoli was dead. Now I'm going to fast forward a little bit to through a couple things. Uh, Morris tries two other stores and uh, he gets beat up by a thug for asking too many questions. Well, re rejoin him again when he's back in his office. Excuse me, sir, is this the pill bottle detective agency? The client handed me a business card that smelled of pyramid patchouli. He wore white gloves, a Hamburg hat, and was so delicate I doubted he'd win a wrestling match with a gerbil. My name is Gilbert Giza, and I'm wondering if you can find my lost kitten. Kitten, huh? What's its name? Cat. Not much of a name. What can I say? I'm a breakfast at Tiffany's fan. Giza made a steeple with his fingers. There will be a, how do you say, tidy bonus for you if you find her. How tidy are we talking about, I asked. Five dollars. Wouldn't even dust my bookshelf. Ten. I still need to reorder my fiction collection. Fifteen. All right, I'll drop a standard contract. I reached into my drawer. When I raised my eyes, I was staring into a pistol that lo would look tiny in a baby's hands. Where's the broccoli? Giza demanded. Don't have any. I'll have to search your office. Step out from behind that desk, he ordered. I need to make sure you don't have any weapons. I complied, even though a 98-year-old smoker in an iron lung could have knocked him over, none were in my office, so I slugged him in the jaw. He went down like a Bloody Mary on a hot afternoon. I woke him with a splash of Tabasco sauce to the face and then threatened him with a stock of celery unless he took me to his boss. Ah, Mr. Pillbottle, do take a seat. The fat man had the body of a zeppelin in a smoking jacket, jowls of a bloodhound on Novocaine, and complexion of a leather couch that had been in the sun for too long. He poured green liquid into a glass. Would you care for a smoothie? Sure, why not, I replied. Excellent, sir. We'll get along splendidly. I don't trust a man who skimps on the USDA recommendation of five fruits and vegetables a day. He slid me a glass. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Greengrocer, Sidney Greengrocer. I eyed the skinny guy with a toothpick who'd punched me in the gut, slouching in the corner. Ah, I do apologize for Waldo's behavior. The fat man wiped his brow with a handkerchief. He gets overly enthusiastic before mealtime. So why'd you send this chump to toss my office? I pointed at Giza. Giza's hand went for his gun. Unfortunately for him, it was in my pocket, so I slugged him once more, and he went down like a watermelon from the top of a 12-story building. Well said, sir. I admire a man who says what he means, even though he has less chance of getting laid than by being struck by a meteor while attacked by a saltwater crocodile in Norway. Here's to honest and forthright conversation. 
The fat man raised his glass. It seems we have a mutual interest in broccoli, the emerald scepter, leaf of longevity, stock of serenity, the florid of flavor. Care to tell me why? Dress goes both ways. I sipped my smoothie. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Ha! You are a character, sir. I admire a man who deals in witticisms, even though he couldn't win a debate with a salamander who never made it through second grade. The story behind my search is so wondrous, I doubt that you would believe me. But what about you? Are you working for Olivia Office Supply? Who? Tabitha Printer Paper. Never heard of her. Penelope Staple Puller. Oh, you mean Ursula Fogbottom. Be careful, sir. She's not who she appears to be. The fat man drained his glass. Let me just say that I'm prepared to pay you a tidy sum if you produce some broccoli for me. Just how tidy are we talking about? Twenty-five dollars. That might straighten my shoes, I said, but I still need to vacuum the living room. Twenty-seven. Still need to rearrange my spice rack. You drive a hard bargain, sir. Thirty dollars. I'll keep my eyes open. This was the second time someone got my choice of transportation wrong. I began to smell a rat, or maybe it was just the onions Waldo was grilling in the kitchen. I field-stripped Giza's pistol and left the pieces next to the baby carrots. I found Ursula Fogbottom stripping wooden paneling in the hallway when I got back to my office. Morris, I've been looking all over for you. My dinner party is tomorrow and I don't have the ingredients. He huffed and let out a grunt. I'm frantic, I tell you, frantic. I got something for you. I let her in, sat behind the desk, and poured myself a shot of whiskey in the fridge. Her face was a mixture of calculation and disbelief, as if a parking valet had handed her the keys to someone else's Porsche, and all she had to do was not let on. When she saw only the tofu and oyster sauce, she... Her expression dropped like that of a child who got a dictionary for Christmas instead of a Hot Wheels Super Ultimate Garage playset. Sorry, Angel. Couldn't find broccoli anywhere. Maybe you could substitute cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kohlrabi. They just don't do, won't do, don't you see? The recipe calls for broccoli, and if I don't cook it right, I'll be a laughingstock. A laughingstock! She squatted beside my desk and looked, looked up at me with pleading eyes. I try so hard to prove bears can be five-star Michelin chefs, but every time I go to the store, patrons run for the exits, as if I'm going to guzzle all the honey in the baking supplies aisle. I, I'm just a silly omnivore, not someone like you. You have enough wit for both of us. Use your wit for me, won't you? I can resist anything except temptation. How's that? I asked. By the way, I met your friend, the fat man. What did he say? Ursula turned her back and began balancing a beach ball on her nose while spinning it with her paw. He said he wants some broccoli, too. Are you going to help him? Ursula turned her attention to the baseboards and began sharpening her claws. If the price is right. Oh, Morris, I can't match his riches. Be careful. He's not who he appears to be. The buzzer rang, and I answered the door to find a man whose eyes were as tired as a first-time triathlete competing atop Mount Everest on a scorching August day. Lieutenant Filefolder, what are you doing here? Mind if I come in? Filefolder pushed past me. All right, where is she? 
are you talking about, Flatfoot? You know who I mean, Christine Cubicle. She's wanted for absconding from the Brookfield Circus with a thousand pounds of frozen salmon. I don't know any cubicle, corner office, desk drawer, or conference table, so unless you got a warrant, beat it. Play it the way you want to, Bill Bottle. I got my eyes on you. The public calls us bacon, Barney Fife, cops, 5-0, Flatfoots, the fuzz, the heat, Jake the snake, the law, the man, narcs, pigs, pork chop, road pirates, rollers, and smoky. But who are they going to call when the UPC code is wrong and the cashier charges them $7.98 for raspberries when they're on sale for two for $3.99? Me, that's who. Lieutenant Flatfoot, file folder, walked out the, into the hall. I'll be in touch. All right. So at this point, let me ask, how am I doing for time? Aaron's talking, but I can't you hear You have five minutes left. Five. Okay, I'll keep going then. Welcome back, sir. So good of you to meet me on such short notice. I distrust a man whose social calendar is full of gainful employment and assignations with gorgeous women. Care for a smoothie? The fat man poured me a glass without waiting for my response. Of course, you remember my associates, Gilbert Giza and Waldo. Good to meet you again, Giza said. Waldo stuck his toothpick in a piece of cauliflower, brought it to his lips, and glared. Well, sir, I've decided to let you in on the secret behind my cruciferous quest. It's an amazing tale, so amazing that I'm afraid you'll call me a liar. Does the term Iron Chef mean anything to you? It's a cooking show, isn't it? Indeed it is, sir. Five years ago, a wealthy industrialist created Kitchen Stadium, where master chefs from all over the world compete against his four iron chefs, Morimoto, Sakai, Chen, and Kobe. Each week, Chairman Kaga reveals his secret ingredient. Then the challenger and one iron chef have an hour to create a meal using the ingredient for a panel of judges to score. Can you guess this week's secret ingredient? Broccoli. Well done, sir. I admire a man whose powers of deduction rival that of a comatose jellyfish. The fat man looked at his pocket watch. Oh, dear, it's time for Giza and me to put our clothes in the dryer. Waldo, please entertain our guest with a game of Monopoly until we return. Waldo set up the board. I chose the little race car, and he took the top hat. My strategy was to buy low. After five turns, I had houses on Baltic and Mediterranean, while all he had was miscellaneous properties scattered all over the board. He rolled a six and landed on my purple real estate. That'll be $400. I took his money and rolled. After more turns, I consolidated my holdings on Marvin Gardens, Atlantic, and Ventnor. My pile of cash grew while his shrank. As I pondered buying a hotel, I realized the fat man and Giza were taking a long time with the clothes. I looked at my watch. I'd been had. I raised my hand to scratch under my fedora and knocked my smoothie over. Sorry. I moved the box of my money away from the spreading puddle of green. Got get a towel, would you? When Waldo was in the kitchen, I grabbed the Trader Walt's frequent flyer coupon and dashed for the door. And I'm just real close to the end, so I'll just finish it. The solution to the puzzle was on page three, broccoli, 10% off in our Oxnard store. 
I got on the freeway and floored my Hyundai, sending power to the four massive cylinders in its 1.3-liter engine in a desperate race from Boston to California. The fat man had a head start, but I still had a chance. With his girth, crossing the Rockies would slow any vehicle he drove to the speed of a snail in a K-hole. After a marathon of gas station bathrooms and declined Pizza Hut coupons, I got to the Trader Waltz, but not quickly enough. By the time I cleansed the shopping cart's handle and examined the chocolate-covered pretzels by the entrance, a dispute began in the produce aisle. You fool! Giza slapped the fat man in the face with a limp zucchini. You said there would be broccoli, and we drove 3,000 miles for this. He pointed to a display of disappointment on ice. They call it Rocco flour, but to me it was nothing but cauliflower with a bad complexion. My failure as a private investigator crashed on down on me like a 10-story apartment complex where every story was tragedy. One thing was for sure, a special bear wasn't going to be making stir-fry anytime soon. As I considered a career change, the fat man flung a carton of blueberries at Giza. Giza threw a blood orange with an arm like a major league pitcher's and beamed the fat man on the forehead. Not to be outdone, the fat man lobbed the pumpkin underhanded like a bowling ball and scored a strike by knocking Giza off his feet. Then the last person they expected to see on this side of the continent arrived with a squad of uniformed officers. All right, all right, break it up. Lieutenant Filefolder turned to the fat man. Sidney Grandgrocer, I'm always arresting you on a 245. What's the charge? The fat man asked. Crossing state lines to instigate a food fight. Take him away, boys. Lieutenant Filefolder turned to me. Well, Pillbottle, thanks to you, we put a food hoarder and his henchmen behind bars before they could make it to the pies. So this caper was a setup all along. That's right, I couldn't fill you in unless you give my plans away. Wheels within wheels. I wiped a stray raspberry off my chin, and Mrs. Fogbottom, one of my undercovers on loan from the National Park Service. Is there a reward for their capture? Sure, 10% off at Denny's. Lieutenant Filefolder handed me a coupon. He looked at the Brocco flower. What is that vegetable anyway? The stuff that dreams are made of. And there you go. Is it Brocco flower? Because I, I just Googled it and it says Romanesco. But Romanesco isn't Brocco flower. It's like yeah. its own thing. Ah. And it has a very distinct taste, too. It's cauliflower with a bad complexion, Erin. <laughs> you could hurt somebody loving that. They're quite pointy, aren't they, Romanesco? Yeah, they are. They are. They are. They are. <laughs> Well, isn't right. there a Romanesco sauce? And Romanesco sauce doesn't have any uh, Bronco flour in it, as far as I'm concerned. Romanesco sauce is like almonds and peppers, right? Like roasted red peppers blitzed yeah, with almonds. Yeah, look at the Bobby Flay thing. I don't know. He probably cooked it at Iron Chef. Yeah, obviously, since you mentioned Bobby Flay, that means that you're talking about um, the American. <laughs> Well, no, right. he, 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 he appeared on the Japanese version, too. That's true, he did, he yeah, did. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh my god, that's so funny. I totally didn't know that. I remember yeah, him doing that too. Yeah. Like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, they, they also had another cool show where, where you know some random guy would you know uh challenge bobby flay and bobby flay would go to the guy's restaurant and they'd try to do you know like i don't know you know cuban sandwiches or something like that you know and, and a lot of times bobby flay lost you know huh interesting it's it's not romanesco the sauce i'm talking about is just romesco ah okay yeah, okay yeah. yeah it's spanish it's like Almonds, red peppers, garlic, um, sherry, vinegar, and paprika. So it's like really simple, but you can put it with pasta. Anyways. Yeah, it's, it's not one of the four, uh, five French mother sauces, but yeah. Right, no, no. <laughs> five French mother sauces. I love it. <laughs> no, no, really, they, they are. And there's the bechamel and the hollandaise. And right, the right, right. Totally. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you, John, anyway, for being our first Spotlight Slut. Thanks. And I will make an announcement now. Next month, we are having Carolyn, who is right there, Hashimoto, as our spotlight slut because we're and we're this we're timing it just like we did John's, who should be plugging. I think you did you your book. Carolyn's book. Hey John, plug your book. What's your yeah, book? John, plug your oh, book. Oh well, my my uh my, my website. Is, yeah, my my website's in the chat and it's got uh, kind of everything. But uh, you're, you're on you're on you're alive, John. Plug your books. Plug they? Oh my goodness. Well, I have very many of them, but of course, uh, the recent ones are the uh, John Clooney spy novels, uh, which are the Enigma Brokers, uh, the uh, the Shadow Killers, and the Prague Deception, and they're available uh, on Kindle on, on Amazon, as 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 heard of on uh, Mutiny Radio. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing! You've written like three novels. I, I've written like eight or nine novels, actually. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I just don't have the stamina for the novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're well, I don't know. It's I don't know. It, it, it's you know it's a it's often a question of who you know and and uh, or what. I mean, I, I do try to publish stuff, and you know, a lot of the, a lot of the stories have appeared. Uh, have appeared, you know, in different journals and stuff like that. But you know, it just takes time to, to do it. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, next week is or not next week. Next month will be Carolyn Hashimoto doing hers. Moo. And many of you have seen pieces from Carolyn's as well, just like we've heard stuff John. Um. And yeah. So now we're opening it up to everybody, and Willie is going next with his a crisis piece. Willie, are you ready? I uh, yeah, I understand that exphrasis is um, a poem to do describing an artwork. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Well, this one is called Network, and it's a uh, uh, sculpture by a British uh, sculptor Thomas J. Price, and the, uh, the actual sculpture itself is Network. Uh, so I'll start. Network, thanks to Thomas J. Price. 
Hello there, big man, with your size 30 feet. Trainers laced up, ever so neat. Trousers look leather, the fashionable kind. Puffed gilet with collar turned up, studs never done up. So casual you stand, with phone in your hand, the other stuffed in your pocket. So close cropped your hair, a benevolent stare, never to move from the spot. Nine feet you stand, with boats close at hand, and London changing again. And still there you stand, surveying the land, complexion of silicon bronze. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, there he's there. There, yeah. I just I googled it quickly. This is what he. This is what Billy was talking about. It's in Yorkshire. Well, it, no, it's in London. Oh, it's unless the move there. It's in um, uh, Abbey Mills Park, uh, <laughs> where, where it is. But that's the chap there, Puff Gilet, never done up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Never heard of it. That's awesome. Thank you, Willie. Yeah. Great. Stop uh, Tom Thomas Price is uh, he's doing a big artwork for uh, Hackney Hackney Council at the moment. I think it's in progress, like, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, to, does anybody want to go while we wait for Stilly to retrieve his wife? <laughs> oh my God, dude, Stilly said, I have to post. He's like, I have to postpone my spot because my wife is too drunk to walk home. I'll be back. Nice. That sounds like me last night, man. <laughs> I was like, go, Stilly's wife. Um, Andy, do you got anything? Pam? No, I, I, I blew my wad on a crisis. Okay. I haven't got anything at all new. All I got don't is make, jokes. Don't make a... thing. Okay, cool. So, um, so I, li I live in like Southwest Scotland in Dumfries and Galloway. And um, so. Oh, I'm going there soon. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. in sort of. Five or six months ago, there was a call out for like emerging writers in the region, and I got chosen as one of six. And <laughs> we are launching this Friday. And what's going to happen is we all wrote a story each, and each story is going to be put. Well, the original idea was like these amazing art installations, but you know, budgets, logistics, blah blah blah. So it's going to be like a little, little kind of like a, a street sign. Um, with a with a QR code, and you're going to, you're going to walk around the high street with your with your phone and find the sign, click your phone on the QR code, and it's going to release the story. So I had to record myself, with, and I lost my tooth at the same time, which wasn't very good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read that to you. How about that? Should I read that to you? My wee story. <laughs> it's got a little bit of a cow in it, but not much. <laughs> Hang on, let me find it. Um, okay. It's not a poem, it's a story. It's called Pennies from Heaven. The bus runs out of petrol at stop and stops at Dumfries, on the high street that is no longer the high street, now the multiverse. This place is nothing but empty shops, just the passenger beside you. As you step off the bus, the driver hands you a shopping trolley and wishes you luck. Empty shop windows, mirror back, 
empty shops across the road, reflecting you, now one, now two. Seeing your reflection, you deflect your attention. Places so hushed. In the distance, a car. Below you, your footsteps walking on pavements once well-traveled. Pigeon taking flight startles you. There are lampposts without lamps, cracked kintsugi walls, signs that hold no meaning. Up high on the rooftops, what do the birds' eyes see that yours can't? Strung across these, strung across these barren posts are lists, shopping lists. Remember those? They flap and flitter in the breeze, now falling all around you like ticker tape. But where's the celebration? And why are you here? You buy your clothes online, get Tesco to deliver, Zoom call your friends, and you wonder why this place is so empty and hollowed out. You take pictures with your phone, post them on Twitter. The likes begin to ping and permeate the silence that echoes around you. And it's here, on the ground, in this place with no sound, that you spot scattered coins. Silver heptagons, circles of gold, muddied metal pennies. Pick them up. No one's looking. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. These pennies pass from hand to hand, purses to pockets to bank accounts. Here, exchange for goods, for services, for escape. You look up, blinded from the bling, wipe your eyes and hear before you golden horses spinning round, organ music, multicolored fairy lights, a carousel, you swear it wasn't there before. The painted ponies gallop round, the lights above them draw you in. Climb aboard, come on, says the man whose bright red cheeks match his waistcoat, he doffs his cap as you give him your coin. Your horse is called Amber, their saddle pink. The bells ring and you start to spin. Around and around and up and down. You hold on tight and it's getting faster, speeding round and the colours and the sounds swirl around and around. Please let me off. You hold on tight. Please let me off. Please let it stop. It stops. The lights go low stagger off as the music fades, you steady yourself and walk on. Ahead of you the fountain, where the water flows. You swear you never saw the water flow before. You walk towards it, cup your hands and drink the ice-cold water. In the fountain, more pennies. Go on, throw another in, make a wish, call the genie, Speed dial your fairy godmother, invoke the spirit of the salty coo, lights flicker from within the empty buildings. You see something in the distance walking towards you, a man in boots, a cow in tow. You pinch yourself, but it's stand before you. He says he wants to sell. You offer him your most precious coin, and he takes it. You think the cow looks thirsty, and lead it to the water. What is this? The cows dissolving. Salt and water make a river of tears, but the ticker tape shopping lists clog the flow. It's time to go. Time to go. You grab your trolley and push it over the cobbled pedestrian road. 
through the dismantled high street beneath your feet, beneath the wheels, beneath the here and now, crash. Watch where you're going. You stop and stare at the old woman with her trolley, just like yours, only not. For hers is full of greens and carrots and turnips, and is that the golden apple you see there? You offer her a penny, but what does she say? Away with you. I've no end of your charity. Suppose you want my thoughts for that penny of yours. Here, have a carrot if you must. She lets you take a selfie, but she will not budge. It's her right of way. Back up and let her pass. Something hits you on the head. You turn to say, hey, but the woman has gone. She's nowhere to be seen. And there it's again. Honk on your head, falling from above. A penny, another penny. Pennies from heaven, but you're not dead. Catch one in your hand and walk on. I realise that makes not much sense unless you're on the high what's happening. <laughs> They have this thing in Dumfries, like this town, every kind of summer they have this thing where a cow is taken along the river. Um, and I can't remember the, quite the connection, but there was, it was something to do with trade, cows, salt. It all kind of made sense at the time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put the link in the website because what they, they recorded us and they put lots of sound effects on it as well. And it sounded much better with the sound effects. Oh, so, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> And so is everybody's stories about pennies or what's the through line of the thing? Is there no, no through line no. or just stories? The other one, one girl, there's five of us. The other girl, um, there's, um, who else is there? There's, um, yeah, a guy who talks, who's got this image, who's got this vision of like, um, we're living in like outer space because the earth has kind of died and he travels down to Dumfries with his granddad, but his granddad is actually just like a sort of computer hologram and, and he travels down to Dumfries. And then you've got another story who's where you're walking in the high street, but it's all become overgrown and turned into into like trees and countryside. And um, I've forgotten. And then there's, there's one guy who's, I hate to say it, but just overly Scottish. <laughs> what does that mean? It just means like, you know, Dumfries has got, Dumfries is where Robert Burns was born. And Robert Burns is like the, the you know, the Scottish poet. But Dumfries is really, it's dying and it's dead and they've got a complex and they just need to get over themselves. But he can't get over himself. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but bless him. He knows his history well and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. But I, I don't know. We don't really gel. <laughs> I get a bit, I, I mean, Aaron, you're in Scotland. Does this guy have know. glasses? Hey, what? Does this guy wear glasses? Yeah. Is he basically is he is he challenged in the No 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 that's no 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 Chris okay, you know challenged. No, Chris Chris is different. Chris is Chris is you he Chris is the same as you. Chris is on the DFA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, his is a good one. His is all about like um looking in the windows and he is he's quite Scottish as well, yeah, but you know. Well I <laughs> I just like I know one of the people and I didn't know whether <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't mind it, but I just I, I'm kind of getting a bit I'm getting a bit weary of the Scottishness. I have to say, I don't know. I like staring down the barrel of leaving Scotland. I don't like. No, I don't want to go. No, 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 no. That that side of it's lovely, but that, this the, the side of it that's like 
uh, you know, Scotland's the best and Scotland's the greatest, and it's like, mm-hmm. I am, I'm Scottish, I'm actually, yeah. you know, but, you know, I am actually Scottish, but it's like, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Like, the jingoism is a little bit grating. Yeah. Are they going to throw you out of Scotland, Aaron? No, nobody's going to throw me out of Scotland, but I'm supposed to move to Belfast, like, oh. at some time in the near future. So, I mean, it's sort of like, sort of a happy occasion because i'll be moving in with george the magician that you guys all know but um, exciting yeah but i kind of i don't know like i like glasgow glasgow's a city belfast is a town it can come to you i like being cities i like being in a city (laughs) george the magician come to you he can yeah there there are no mad there are no magic studios in glasgow well no but he has a four-year-old son that's cool yeah so like i kind of at like at least for the next whatever, however long, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, if we want to live together, then I have to go to Belfast. That's like my new dream is to become a stepmom. I'm like, <laughs> I want to, I'm shopping. I'm shopping to be a stepmom. Like, <laughs> uh, to, to, to a stepmom to uh, the son of or a child of uh, some bicycle delivery comedian. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully the stepmom to someone that has a child that's 21 so right, that exactly. I can like, you know, oh, yeah. so that we can like <laughs> party. Yeah. A 20, right. He'll yeah. be my all adopted that 21 year old. take care of you when you're old, but you don't <laughs> that, That's what that's for. I, I, I mean, I just thought, I just think it'd be fun to, 